Welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. We're back, and it's been almost two weeks since we've had an episode go live. I actually don't think that that's true. I think it's actually been almost two weeks since we've recorded an episode. But I don't have the best brain. It's quite smooth. <laughs> um, well, that I, I really thought that that would initiate some sort of conversation or from no, I, Dylan, but I laughed. Oh, I didn't hear you laugh. Oh, you'll hear it in the in the audacity file. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, as that's the case, we've decided that uh, it might just be the right time for one of our favorite recurring topics, the ch- check-in episode. I don't think that's right. Oh, when we said check episode, I started planning my fucking biography on Czechoslovakia. The check-up <coughs> episode. Oh, that's God right. damn it. I failed. What? You have failed. You failed us all. <coughs> oh, boy. Well... Uh, we'll be talking today about the media we've consumed, the games we play, and of course, our regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Divine Intuition Martin and Austin Denied Intervention Stevens. Where did you come up with these, Dylan? I I don't know what happens when I start filling out names for people. <laughs> <laughs> it literally just happens. Uh, probably one. So it's probably a good nickname. <laughs> it's going how good. Are you, uh, how are you boys doing? I just got out of my exclusive interview with Justin Ruiz. Uh-oh. Feels great. Feels uh, like something. Feels like magic. I dropped him an exclusive. Which episode comes out first, that one or this one? Uh, more than likely, it'll be this one because this okay. one uh, comes out on Friday for patrons. So, Okay, never mind. I dropped him some information that I already forgot what it was, actually. <laughs> I'll talk about it soon. Oh, never mind. I remember it's the movie. <laughs> uh, he was like, ooh, that was an exclusive or something like that. That sounds about right. It that was. sounds like Justin. It does. Oh, yeah. He had a lot to say. What a like, within the first 10 seconds of recording, he told me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that also sounds like Justin. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think he did the same exact thing to me, so he don't did. feel too bad. I don't. Like, uh, he said something that sounded like he asked me a question or stated something that he wanted to follow up to. I did. He told me to shut up. Then he asked me a question 10 seconds later, and I didn't know whether to talk or not. <laughs> He's like, I know this episode is supposed to be about you, but now it's about me. (laughs) And I'm doing three of these. God, his ego is so gigantic. What happens when you're rich? (laughs) Do you know he doesn't actually live in a sky rise? Wow. So so his whole name is a lie. Well, he said fib, but yes. Uh, Yeah, he lives in the uh, basement of an Italian family's house. (laughs) That, not, I don't think I'm making that up. Also oh. seems plausible. He says he lives out on Long Island, which to me is just another fancy word for New York. But then I was, <laughs> I was like, are you know out in the countryside or whatever with some fucking vineyards and shit? And he didn't even deny. It. He's like, yeah, there's some vineyards nearby. I was like, of course there is. <laughs> oh boy, what a character! He is a character. I love him though. 
True, true. Um, he's an okay fellow. Wow. Uh, you know who else is an okay fellow? Will Smith. John Wick. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how I had managed to only see parts of John Wick. I really don't know how that happened. But I <gasps> had first never one? seen it. Yeah. I had never seen it all the way through until the plane ride back um, wow. for us from Miami. That's weird. Holy shit. What did you think? I really, really like this movie. Yeah. Um, I hate it. I mean, did you just say you hate it? No, I, the joke's not funny now. Keep going. <laughs> Boy, I was about to, like, reach through the computer and strangle you. <laughs> He's into that. I've never seen it. I've never seen any of them. You should. The first one's great. <coughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, it always looks like it's something I would be interested in. I just, I'm lazy. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, I think the first one is maybe still the best, although I really do like the third one. Um, I like the third one a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, I um, I really liked this movie a lot. It's stylish. It's really kinetic. Like The action sequences in this are just top notch i don't i don't know that you've seen like action like this in modern movie making in a very very long time um i don't know i i thought that this is maybe one of the best action movies since something from the 90s maybe like maybe the matrix um it has a whole bunch of really like it's not just the action stuff there's like the story is kind of like, you know, it, it's it's thin. You know, there's not a whole lot for you to kind of grasp onto. Like, he's going through uh, grief, you know, and that's kind of like the whole movie is the anger stage of grief type thing, you know. Um, and it kind of works its way back around uh, in the end, and I, I really liked that. But, like, there's kind of not a whole lot to it but the world building in this is fucking awesome the world in this is so fully realized from the get-go like and it's never like explicitly like shoved in your face the things that happen like they have this hotel um i forget the name of it off but oh um, fuck what is it called i'll look it up it starts with a c i know that much yeah but, I, I, I can't remember. Um, but like they have this hotel where all of the assassins and continental, that's it. Yeah. Um, where all of these assassins stay and stuff like that. And there are explicit rules within that. And it's never like signposted anywhere. These are the rules and no one ever says any of the rules, but you get like kind of like what's supposed to happen. What's not supposed to happen there. Um, my only real criticism, I think, you know, is that I I didn't like the music all that much. Uh, and that's a personal thing. I, I just felt like it was uh, almost too much like The Matrix, where it's that kind of like mixture of like hard rock and industrial and like kind of like dance slash rave music. Um, I don't know. That, that was really kind of 
uh, a knock for me, but that's just personal taste. I, I don't really love that type of music. So, um, y- yeah, I, I don't know how, again, how I had missed like watching the whole thing, but I really, really loved it from pretty much beginning to end. Oh, you're making me want to go rewatch it. I've been wanting to watch two movies recently. One is John Wick and one is The Purge. Both, of course, I've seen both of them, but I just want to go back and watch. I don't know why. I, and they're both super violent movies, but I'm not violent in any type of way right now. I'm just, I just want to watch them. You know, I've never seen either of those. Never seen The Purge? Nope. Damn. Not one. Didn't you want to create a video game that was based off The Purge, or is that Josh? That wasn't mm. me. That wasn't me. I don't know what you're thinking about. In one of the very first episodes we did, like, we talked about a Yo, game. Yeah, the Halloween one? No. I swear, please don't gaslight I think you're tripping, right bro. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> did you not create... That's fine. Just sh- no. shut up and talk well, about I'm, something. I'm, okay, okay. All right. I'm going to scroll um, all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to shove it in your fucking face. Well, you do that, Dylan. Um, okay. So... <clears throat> I fucking finally kind of did it. I am done uh, with JoJo. Finally, after what feels like fucking four months. The, um, the anime, right? The, yes. Because that's what you wrote in the... Yes. I just wanted to be I'm here. still going with the... I'm, I'm still working my way. So, I got to part six uh, of both the manga and the anime, and I was like, okay... Well, I don't think I'm going to watch the anime because there's only 12 episodes out and I kind of fucking hate the whole thing that Netflix does with especially like some of their anime series where they're like, okay, we're going to release three episodes now and then in six months you're going to get eight and then next year you'll get ten and then maybe the series will be fucking done. Like, I I think that's really fucking annoying. Um, Either do it like one episode per week or just do the whole fucking season. I kind of think anything else is just obnoxious and extra at that point. Um, so because there's only 12 episodes of stone ocean, I'm not going to watch it and I'm kind of going to hold off on reading it mostly because I, I kind of just need a break. Like I kind of want to go read other things. Uh, there's a lot of really good mangas, uh, that are coming out right now. And I kind of want to go read some other shit before I finish it. I'll probably try to wrap it up because I think uh, Part 9 was confirmed to be releasing sometime this year. So I'll probably try to cram out Part 7 and 8 before that comes out. And then I'll catch up on the anime whenever they finish actually airing Stone Ocean. Um, but <clears throat> um, I, I I hated this show for like a really long time. And I hated its fans for a really long fucking time. Uh, and that's mostly because uh, I worked in the year that I worked in Hot Topic was when they really started kind of upping up on anime merchandise and it kind of became all they really are now. Uh, and I dealt with a lot of really terrible fucking people. And it was either A, Attack on Titan fans or B, JoJo's fans. There was no other kind of like, uh, I guess, fandom that was fucking worse to deal with than these two people. Um, and now both shows I fucking adore. Um, I honestly, I think Jojo a little bit more. Uh, I like one of the biggest things that got me is it, it, it's just so fucking unique. Like not one single part or season or arc or like whatever you want to call it. Not one single part of Jojo feels exactly the same or honestly, sometimes even really fucking close. Um, 
part two kind or part one and two kind of feel a little similar. But then when you get to part three, where they start introducing the uh, the whole standability thing, like it just it, it's it blows my mind how he created all these different like kind of powers and abilities and like not not a single one of them kind of feel the same. They all feel so fucking unique. And uh, I just I'm, I'm, I'm enamored with this show. I fucking adore it. Um, I'm having trouble speaking right now because I'm exhausted and I'm trying to piece together the words that I want to say. Uh, but I, I, the first time I talked about Jojo on the podcast, I think I talked about part four and I talked about not really liking part four all that much. And after rewatch, I ended up rewatching part four specifically with Madison and after kind of paying more attention to it than what I did, than what I feel like I did the first time, I think part four is, is by far my fucking favorite. It has some of the most memorable fucking characters out of the entire series and I, I liked how different the I liked how different the main villain felt compared to what we'd experienced before. Because in parts one through three, it's kind of still mostly about Dio. It, it's kind of, except for maybe part two, but that still ends up finding its way to tie back into Dio. And this was the first time that we didn't really have to deal with that. And they ended up making a villain who was just the complete opposite end of the spectrum, but still somehow the same. He, he was still like a, a fucking serial killer, but he, Dio did everything he did just because it was fun. And like, he didn't really care what he was doing. He didn't really think too hard about what he was doing. He did it just because he was fun. Whereas Kira in part four feels a lot like he, like he, everything he does, he's thought about every single fucking outcome before he does it. And I, I just thought that that was really fucking interesting and... I hope they finish Stone Ocean soon so I can be fully fucking done with this, but I've got to wait a little while. But the whole series so far has just been great. I want to talk about it more in detail, but I'm an idiot and didn't write all my thoughts down, and I'm kind of having trouble piecing it all together. So go watch JoJo. It's pretty rad. Um, so you were right. It was during the Halloween episode. <laughs> so I didn't go back and listen to it. Yeah. Did you not have some purge type game that you were trying to create i don't think so i because i've I've never seen those movies i've never seen those movies so i don't uh, think so what what dude i struggle (laughs) oh no no okay i struggle too i know i should have just ended it there i might you not just hear me fumble for the last (laughs) 10 minutes i struggle too I should have just ended it with I struggle. Are you sure you didn't create this game where there's shit on an island out to kill you or something? Purge style? Uh, no. What? Okay, then what game did you create? <laughs> the Halloween one was like, a, that was more like based on criminal minds than it was anything, bro. That was and Josh, like, uh, yours wasn't purge related, right? No, his no. was not purge related. Wouldn't it be some shit if it was me? I think it was you. I don't want this to, I don't, it's not about looking because we don't have it in the notes. It's about (laughs) listening to that episode again. Okay. Well, when we get done recording, I'll go back and listen to it. Oh God. It'll probably be my first time listening to it. That's, that sounds accurate. Accurate. (laughs) You, if you do actually wind up listening to it, let me know because something purge related happened. I thought it was in regards to you. If it was me, that's horrible because I don't even remember my own creation. I thought mine had something to do with fucking, uh, uh, I about said the Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, the Wendigo. Yeah. The Wendigo. Okay, so that was mine. 
So yeah, yours was like a survival game almost. Okay. I remember that. Austin, you are tripping out today, bro. Well, a little. It's it's hard keeping all this shit together after sixty odd episodes. It is. I'm sorry, Josh. Am I next, or do you want to save me? Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go. Um, <clears throat> the next thing I will we'll talk about is West Side Story. Okay, so West Side Story, uh, the movie I watched was the 2022 version, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's based on the 1957 play, I think. Um, it uh, there was also an adaptation in 19, I think 61, um, that won 10 Oscars. Uh, was nominated for 11. Um. And was also somehow longer than this movie. Um, yeah, so I like musicals to an extent. Uh, I like Grease, um, but I think I like Grease because the songs are good and not necessarily the story around it or, you know, any of that stuff. Um, I just, I really like those songs in Grease. Um, I really like The Sound of Music. I actually think that The Sound of Music is a wonderful film. Um, I really, really like it a lot. Um, there was a little short, uh, well, not short, but there was a little um, Christmas themed horror movie from like two or three years ago called Anna and the Apocalypse uh, that I really liked. It had some cute musical numbers in it. Um, but to get back to the point, it. It's not exactly uh, my favorite genre in the world, um, but I don't hate them. So I, I just want to preface that up front. Uh, I uh, Real quick, hang on. I'm trying to think of something. Did Would it be considered... I, I only remember one musical scene in the movie. Oh brother, where art thou? wasn't a musical, right? I only oh, remember one shit. musical scene in that movie. I could be wrong. Dude, you know how long it has been? That was with Clooney, right? Yeah. Oh man. No, I just, there was, I don't think it's a musical. Is it? I remember there was a yeah. huge like soundtrack thing for it. like everyone. Yeah. The soundtrack. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it was, um, uh, a musical, but there were definitely two or three uh, musical numbers in in the movie, and the soundtrack is fucking incredible. Um. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm getting off topic. So, uh, th- that was my way of saying I like musicals. Uh, I don't hate them in principle. Not my favorite genre, but I do like them. Uh, I did not like this movie. Um, let me say the good things first. Steven Spielberg is one of the best working directors still. I don't know how the man does it. I, I really don't. Uh, he's kind of had a, a lull in his career uh, the past maybe like five like five to seven years somewhere in that neighborhood, like basically from Warhorse on, it hasn't exactly been like peak Spielberg, but 
even not peak Spielberg is better than like 90% of movies that come out any given year. Um, and this to me was another example of that. Like there are musical numbers in here that just flow and are not only like good, like sounding or whatever, but like the visuals match perfectly with not even just the moments that are being sung in the songs, but like the storytelling, like there, there was one shot in particular, uh, if I, I'm, I'm pretty positive it was in the high school uh, dance sequence that was just like this really beautiful one shot that starts in the in the front uh, of the gym and kind of like goes all the way around the dancers, like kind of weaving in and out of people and then becomes like an overhead shot. And it was just like, fuck, dude, how did he do this? How did he get like what? I, I don't know. It was mind blowing. The work that Steven Spielberg does, especially when he's on his A game, is just top fucking tier. Um, I, I know it's become kind of like fun to hate on him because he is so well loved and popular, but I don't know, man. He's fucking wonderful. Uh, to go alongside that, the cinematography is excellent in this i mean movies don't fucking look like this anymore they just fucking don't like every few years you'll get you know one movie that is as good looking as this and every year there are a handful of like really standout movies that just are like top notch, like Dune from last year. Uh, and really all of the ones that were nominated for be uh, best cinematography um, this year were really fucking good. Um, but like that, I mean, that's it. That's the five <laughs> that, that you got this year, you know, um, I didn't uh, love Ariana DeBose in this. She won the best supporting actress uh, Oscar and she's good. She's very good. Um, but I wasn't as in love with her as everyone else was. Um, I really like Rachel Zegler in this. I thought that she was fantastic. She's the, the main girl, Maria. And the guy, I, I'm blanking on his name, um, but the, uh, the guy who plays the um, sort of like... Uh, Lieutenant, I guess, to um, uh, Ansel Elgort's character. His name is Riff. Um, Mike Mike Fe Feist, I think is how you say it. Um, I think he's very good. Uh, so there's all the good things I have to say. This movie is so fucking boring. <laughs> I I mean. With, with the exception of the visuals, like this movie is, it almost bored me to fucking tears. Um, like I could not be invested. Like, nothing against uh, Ansel Elgort or whatever as an actor. Uh, I've heard that he's done shitty things and that's not okay. Uh, but as an actor, I, I've never thought he was terrible. 
Um, I really like him in Baby Driver, actually. I, re- I really like Baby Driver. Um, but he's never been someone who stand out to me. And he, again, is not stand out in this. He's very meh. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I also felt like there were moments in this movie that could have been handled better in terms of the writing. Like there is a trans character in this. And I think that I, I think that part of what the movie is trying to say, um, is kind of like a, Hey, look how far we've come. But also, we still have a whole lot of work to do, Uh, especially when you kind of view it in concert with the old 1961 version, which I didn't know this. But the 1961 version had some uh, Hispanic or Latin actors playing the uh, Puerto Ricans. They actually darkened their skin with makeup to make them like darker. Ooh. Which you got away with in 1961, I guess. But also, what the fuck? Why would you do that? Like, oh, okay. But but you play that in concert with like these, you know, Latin uh, actors in this version and they're, you know, they're not colored down to make themselves darker. And the language that they're speaking is like fluent, um, Spanish as opposed to like, uh, almost like stereotyped English. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a nice little current running through this, but it also has some of the most baffling decisions with the instance of the trans character where the trans character is treated like shit. And like, I think it kind of works into the theme, but also like I can see a lot of people taking issue with that and like, sure it works into the theme, but like at what cost, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I, I, I want, I really, really want to love this movie. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, this is probably a criticism that's been dropped since the, you know, the musical back in, in the fifties that it's just Romeo and Juliet. And I know that like, it's hard to take that criticism seriously because I, I think originally it was the concept was, Hey, what if Romeo and Juliet happened in New York in the fifties and, or may, may not have even been the fifties. Um, regardless, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I I can see where people would be like, Oh, that's such a trite thing to say. Oh, it's just Romeo and Juliet. But like it is. And it's boring because of that. Like Romeo and Juliet was awesome back when it was done the first time. And even I I still really think that Romeo and Juliet holds up today because it was the first of its kind, but like 
<clears throat> I'm not going to watch Avatar and not see fucking Pocahontas and, and call that out as being derivative because it is. There have been a million tales just like Pocahontas. Take its stances for, with wolves, right? Like, uh, fucking, was, what was the movie from like the, the early 2000s, Tristan and Isolde or whatever? And it's like the story that came out before Romeo and Juliet. Okay, maybe that story did. But you know what? You're making this movie and it's just fucking Romeo and Juliet. And I'm sorry, but I don't want like if I want to watch Romeo and Juliet, I want to watch Romeo and Juliet. I don't want to see this shit. I know. I I know that that's probably a hot take or whatever, but like that's part of the reason that this movie bored me so fucking bad. Um, I really want to love it. I don't. Sadly, <laughs> sounds pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Dylan, you watched a musical. I did. So uh, last podcast, uh, I asked you to pick out a movie and you chose Tick, Tick, Boom. And I'm going to admit this movie wasn't really on my radar because I hear musical and I'm immediately uninterested. Um, It's never really been a genre for me. But that said, I really wanted to give this a try because not only did I say that I would, but much, it's kind of like our theme of the year with the challenge, right? We're branching out into new genres. So I wanted to do that with film as well. So if you'd have asked me if I knew what rent was before watching this, I'd have said, yeah, I pay it every month. Um, (laughs) 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 But honestly, I knew it was a Broadway musical, but that was about it. I didn't know who wrote it. I didn't know what era it was from. Nothing. I had no idea. So now all of that said, let's, finally talk about the movie right so i'll confess up front that i'm not a film aficionado like like you um josh nor am i even close so i i feel like i won't be able to really talk about all the complexities you'd normally expect from one of our rundowns of a movie um but i can tell you what i truly felt while watching it and i might be a bit scattered with my thoughts but i i don't even know where to start i mean probably the premise so tick tick boom um it's something I could really connect with. We're immediately met with Jonathan Larson, an aspiring playwright who's getting close to my age, 30. Um, and he wants nothing more than to be like all of the greats that came before him, right? Like really making something of themselves before, I guess, the clock strikes 12 on their 30th birthday, um, which I can really connect with because last year I did turn 30. And all I've been left with since is questions about you know where i'm at where i'm going what i've done um but anyway back to the movie it's he wants to write this play a musical that is new alive and like what he believes to be innovative something that the world needs so as we're watching that you know we're trying to watch him get there the movie also handles a tale of love anguish and fear all at the same time too Um, Without going into too many details, because I want to be spoiler free, because I think everyone should inevitably wind up watching this. Um, This is taking place in the early, early 90s, like right during the AIDS epidemic. So it was a scary time. And if you have friends that are gay, it's even scarier. Um, So past premise, it's uh, one of the first things that stood out was just how inclusive the movie feels. Um, because of the close friendships that are, that are being shown as you're watching along, you almost feel like you're there, a part of the group. Um, 
I can't think of many instances where I felt like I was in the same room with people that I'm watching on a screen, but tick, tick, boom, did it. I, I felt like I was amongst Jonathan's friends, honestly. Um, aside from that, like some of the humor in the movie really wound up cracking me up too. Cause I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a musical, but the, the comedy, the humor was there. There's a, a point where John's struggling to write like a really crucial part to this per- performance and he's staring at the screen and it's the word your y-o-u-r-e um and he backspaces to the word you which you know he feels like it's better and then all of a sudden you start to see like this unease form on his face and then he changes it to your y-o-u-r which is a little different than where he started but now is like commences like more anguish and unease and then finally he goes right back to y-o-u-r-e um like that he originally started with all while nodding like yeah i should have done that the whole time it's just it's subtle things like that that stood out and it's like you understand that because we all have those feelings of apprehensiveness and not knowing um you know where to lead in your writing or whatever artistic endeavor you're working on um and it just really i was cackling by the end of it um but then there's andrew garfield too and it's like he's the highlight of the movie um he truly got lost in this role of Jonathan Larson. And I didn't know who Jonathan was before the movie. I didn't have any, I didn't know any of his mannerisms or characteristics. I, I knew nothing. I had nothing to tie Andrew Garfield playing this character to who Jonathan Larson was. I had no idea. Um, but it didn't matter because Andrew did such a great job that I genuinely got lost in his performance. Um, he wasn't that guy I knew from Spider-Man, right? He wasn't that guy anymore. He was genuinely someone else, and he really, really stole the show. And to coincide with that, Robin de Jesus, who plays Michael, almost the exact same thing. Again, I'm not going to get into too many details here because parts of the movie like really do need to be experienced, I feel like. But Michael's one of Jonathan's best friends um, and even roommate at a time. And remember that thing I said about the whole AIDS epidemic? It's like, imagine the turmoil a gay man would be experiencing, experiencing in that time period when he has friends that are gay, he sees what's going on in the world around him and stuff like that. And Robin does a really great job at telling a story through his emotions. And I loved every second of it. Um, I'm going to stop because I could literally go on forever. Like <clears throat> I kind of do want to do a spoiler cast on this one day. Um, it's a great movie. This is literal art in motion. And I loved every second of it. And by the time the credits rolled, I was legit crying just out of so many different emotions that I got to experience throughout the film. It was remarkable and I'm thankful for it. And you recommended a great movie. Awesome, man. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you liked it. I, uh, I, I think I'm coming around on it being better than I originally, uh, had thought. Um, I think I gave it like a three. Um, yeah. Uh, three stars out of five, uh, on like letterboxed. And I think it's probably closer to a three and a half, maybe even a four. Um, I, I like it quite a bit. I think the musical numbers fucking rule, dude. I, oh, it was so good. There's one, um, the the sort of like breakup song that he does with Vanessa Hudgens, I yeah. love that song. Uh, so can I ask you real quick? What? Yeah, I feel like, and this is really minimal. I don't mean to say this and it sound 
completely awful, but I got lost in Andrew Gar- Garfield's character. I got lost in Robin De Jesus's character, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like Vanessa Hudgens was just Vanessa Hudgens to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know her for much. Right. Um. So, uh, it, it was easy for me to be like, um. Oh yeah, this is a uh, girl singing. Right. Like, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean. Yeah, I do. The, but I do agree with you. I, I, I'm not sure that there was much to her character, and right. and I think that that's kind of like. Uh, a part of the criticism I have is I, I do think that like there are a couple of characters that are really well realized, especially Jonathan, but the rest of them just kind of fall away. And like, I know that it's his story. So like I, I I'm critiquing, you know, like what am I critiquing? Cause it's, it's his story. I should be right. Uh, but, um, yeah, I I really like it. Uh, I, I think it's a, a pretty pretty darn good movie. It is. And I, I was crazy because I really didn't expect to enjoy it. But when I started watching it, I couldn't stop. I, I was a roller coaster, man. I loved it. Yeah. Did you um, I, did you. Did it get to you at the end when it when you uh, realized that his next production was rent and that, uh, yeah, it, it all started clicking and it's like, and he didn't even, I mean, it's not a spoiler cause you can read about this man. Yeah, he dies. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, he dies before he gets to see his dream come true. And that coupled with, um, a, another part of the movie, like all culminating together at the same time towards the end, it was, holy shit. I, it was, I was, it was I was a wreck, man. Just because I you you really get into Jonathan's head and you get into his mind space, and finally he's going somewhere and he's making something of himself and he's doing this play tick tick boom and this is something great and then he writes something even better called Rent, but he never got to experience it because the night that they were supposed to watch the first showing, he died. Yep. Yeah. Incredibly sad. There is so much emotion in that movie, and I I. God, I mean, I, I, I can't express how much I love it. So thank you. What's the next movie for next week? Oh, shit. Uh, you caught me off guard. I know. I'm sorry. <clears throat> On guard. Um, let me see. Let me take a look at what what I've... Uh, Just don't make me watch West Side Story. I, w- I won't. <laughs> hey, this movie is really boring and I didn't like it. Dylan, go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, uh, I think I've I think I've figured it out. Why don't you give uh, this is on or wait, hang on. What do you have again? I forget all the all your streaming services. Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max. Okay, so you do have HBO. Go check out Nightmare Alley. Okay, shit. What is this? Uh, it's a it's a noir uh, based on a old. I think they said that it was based on the book, but it's actually closer to the the noir movie from the fifties. Um, it's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, uh, it's good. Okay. Yeah, it's got a bunch of really, really great performances in it. Um, Bradley Cooper, especially, is fucking top notch. Um, but yeah, it's it takes place in the twenties. Uh, it revolves around this guy who kind of runs a grift where he does like um, spirit reading type things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 
It's good, man. It, or well, I, I, it's okay for me. I, I the 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 writing fucking sucks. It's terrible, but it kind of comes together at the end. What was uh, it called again? Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Um, this is this is interesting. This immediately sounds like something I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. I, I think you might end up liking it. It's, oh, I think you'll probably end up liking it way more than I do, to be Two honest. Two hours and 30 minutes. Okay. Okay. Look at the cast, though. Yeah, the cast is fucking phenomenal. Wow. Okay. Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe. Oh, are you going to see uh, fucking The Northman coming out this month? Oh, by any fuck chance? yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, it looks so I, good. So I don't know uh, if I'll... So right now, I want to see the movie. Uh, it's called... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, it's from the filmmaking team Daniels, who did Swiss Army Man. Which, if you haven't seen Swiss Army Man, go see that movie. It is so it's unique. That's the best word to describe it. Um, but uh, there's that, and I I genuinely hate saying this. Because, <laughs> because people are going to think that I'm fucking crazy when I say this, but I absolutely cannot wait to see Ambulance, which oh, comes out on Friday. Oh, Matt Damon. Uh, is that who it is? No. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. The other white one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all look the same. Yeah, uh, I'm actually incredibly stoked for that because I actually saw a thread on this earlier that made me laugh. And it was something about like, um, I forget the exact phrasing, but it it was something similar to like um, everyone is is so like kind of like fed up with like Marvel movies and comic books and, you know, these big blockbusters that are all the fucking same thing that now the the person who we maligned for that in the early two thousands, you know, Michael Bay, we're excited to see his movie because it's something different. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I, it cracked me up. I, I have to find it, but that's, that's the basic premise of it. That's not wrong though. Cause I want to see this shit too. It looks, yeah, dude, it looks, after hearing you point that out, I kind of want to go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna lie. But um, but yeah, I, I want to see that. Uh, I want to see the everything, everywhere, all at once. And um, and then what was the one we were just talking? About? The Northman. Yeah, the, and the Northman. I want to see that. You know what's funny? Actually, before before we move on, you know what's funny? I am super stoked for this movie. The I Northman did not like the lighthouse. Is it I was the same super director? stoked for the light. Yeah. I was super stoked for the lighthouse, right? I did not like the witch. <laughs> it's the same director? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Eggers. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the witch either. Like, yeah. I've watched it a couple of times, but I I'm think just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I've watched it twice, and that's kind of how I feel. I, I think that there's some genuinely really good stuff going on in there, but for the most part, I'm both times that I've watched it, I've been like very like, huh, okay. Yeah, it's like that happened. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I it was the same exact experience for me with The Lighthouse. I was very like, 
eh, okay. Right. But the one thing I'll say is that that's the first movie I ever saw uh, Anya Taylor Julian was The Witch. He's same, yeah. Yeah. Which, fine. Yeah. But that's about all that happened. That is about all that happened. Anyway, no, I'm looking forward to that. I'll watch it this week. Cool, cool. <clears throat> um, whose turn is it? I think I just talked, right? No, you just talked. Yeah, I tick ticked. Okay. Uh, Austin still has one left. I have two left, so I'll go next. Um, I am watching, or me and Kayla have been watching and going through Community. Uh, this is my third time watching community from like beginning to end. And it's Kayla's second time with me for sure. She may have watched it like separately, um, you know, before we get together or whatever, but, uh, so yeah, this is our, um, second or third time watching it together. Um, I don't remember which doesn't matter. I love this show. Uh, I love everything about it. There, well, hang on. Let me cancel that statement. I do not like almost all of season six. Uh, there's some some fun stuff in there, but season six kind of fucking sucks. And season four, uh, the one where Dan Harmon was kind of like kicked off the the show like he was the showrunner and creator and they NBC kind of kicked him off. Um, that season is a little lackluster compared to one, two, three, um, and even five to an extent. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I really just, I love the show. There are so many fun little like nods to, you know, meta nods to like TV and film and, you know, stuff like that. But I really think that like deep down there is a really, really like heartfelt, emotional, like through line throughout the entire thing. And there are episodes that like, they really get me like super fucking emotional. Like, um, we were watching the episode last night. Um, the episode where Troy leaves. Uh, I think it's like episode five or six of the fifth season. <clears throat> and it fucking sucked because not only was Abed going through something, but I was too because. I mean, he's losing a friend on the show. I'm losing a what feels like a friend uh, in that episode, and it fucking sucks. Um, but there, there are other like I. I know that everyone loves the paintball episodes. Um, I love them too. But I kind of think that my favorite episode of the entire series is actually the. <clears throat> um, oh. Damn it. Uh, I think it's called Blankets versus Pillows or Pillows versus Blankets or something like that. And it's the kind of like Ken Burns Civil War documentary type thing that's based around Troy and Abed like fighting. And there are such wonderful moments in that episode. 
and the ending every single time makes me just break down because it's so cute and heartwarming and it's something that like you know uh, during the 90s uh i mean i'll talk about this in my video about seinfeld and arrested development that is coming out at the end of this month oh look at that plug um but so during the 90s and like late 80s shows like the simpsons and seinfeld were really necessary to kind of like get us out of the saccharine, like sugary sweet, like family friendly sitcoms, uh, like from all throughout the eighties. And they were a necessary antidote. And I think that what gets lost when people try to copy, um, like that style of comedy or whatever, is it worked when it was a sort of countercultural movement to something else? I think that the heartfelt stuff in community works because at the time when community aired, I don't think that there necessarily was a whole lot of that going on. And I, I also tend to think that even the stuff that was like, I, I think how I met your mother uh, was probably sometime around that same era. Um, it, it misses the mark for me t towards the end, but also it gets overly sentimental. And I don't think that community ever really veered that far into like, it's sentimental for sure. And there are definitely like, again, again, emotional like peaks and valleys type thing, but it never misses the point that it needs to be funny. And I don't know. It just works for me. Um, it's a great show. I think that everybody should really watch it. It's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Uh, very good stuff. Very good stuff. It's on Hulu. Uh, we're watching it on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix too. Okay. Um, I might give it a shot. Is, is it any, I know this is such a fucking, I doubt it. Is it anything like the office? Like in any way? Um, I, I would say in some ways, yes. Uh, and, and really with that being, you know how Jim and Pam are kind of like the heartbeat of the office. Like they're right. kind of like what keeps it going, so to speak. Um, I think, and I actually, I, I actually think that I kind of disagree with that. I think Michael is the heartbeat of the office. That's what I think. Yeah. He's, he's what keeps it going. Because but Jim and Pam is like a central point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jim and Pam are great, but like once Michael left, like Jim and Pam could not hold that show. Dwight could not hold that show. Michael for me was like, was the office. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, the, the kind of like emotional through line being Jim and Pam or whatever is the same here for like Troy and Abed. Um, they also kind of get like m meta in some ways 
Um, but uh, I think that the the way that they do that is completely different. Um, yeah, I, I would compare it closer to something like. Um, Hmm. Maybe. Maybe Cheers. Although. Oh uh, shit. Although I don't. I don't even know that that's really a strong comparison. To be honest with you. Um. Maybe. Maybe How I Met Your Mother. Maybe that's a good one. Yeah. Um. I'll give it a know, shot this week. I, I. I think it's good. I. If you can get past the first like two episodes. Because the the first two kind of uh, drag a little bit because you're trying to get to know everyone. But once you get past those first two and you've got all the characters kind of like in your mind and in your hands or whatever, I think it's great. I, I think it's really, really. So now I have a movie and a show to try. Ooh, boy. It's a busy week. It's a busy week. Austin. Yes. Why don't you tell me about that Chainsaw Man? Yeah. Uh, So one of the mangas that I've kind of taken a break from JoJo to read is Chainsaw Man. And wow, shit's really fucking cool. I don't think the story's that deep or all that interesting, but everything else is really fucking cool. Um, Essentially, it's about a young man named Denji who is just a poor little orphan. Uh, the only friend he has in his life is a demon referred to in this world as a devil called uh, Pochita. I, I, I think. I don't know. But I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, it, it, essentially, he looks like a little stuffed dog, like a little like a little doggy stuffed animal. But he's got a string on his back that when Denji pulls it, it's just a massive chainsaw, like bursts out of his fucking skull. Um Denji essentially works as a devil hunter for the Yakuza, who not only killed his father, but are pretty much forcing him to repay his father's debt. So, like, essentially every devil that he kills, he would get a certain amount of money, and then the Yakuza comes in and says, hey, this is going to help pay off your dead father's debt, or else we're going to kill you too. And, I mean, the dude literally lived in, like, a cardboard box in a dump. Like, he had absolutely nothing except for this little fucking devil. Eventually, the Yakuza turns on him. That kind of They're kind of like, eh, you're kind of a loose end. We're going to tie your ass up real quick, uh, attempting to kill Denji and uh, Pochita. Um, and kind of right in their dying moments, uh, the devil offers him a contract, essentially, and says, hey, uh, you know what? I really care about you. You really cared about me, even though you didn't fucking have anything for yourself. Uh, so I am going to help you make it out of this alive. And the only thing I want you to do for your end of the contract is try to live as normal of a life as possible. Like the life that you've always fucking dreamed of. And in order to help him live, they essentially like fuse together to, uh, become the world's first, uh, human devil hybrid or so they fucking think at the time. And essentially Denji ends up with a little string on his chest pulls the string and his arms split open revealing two huge fucking chainsaws and his skull does the same fucking thing. This show is gory. It's dark. It's honestly, it's pretty fucking disgusting. Um, and I love every fucking second of it. Like this is the most metal shit that I have ever fucking seen come out of a fucking anime. And I I am fully fucking here for it. 
Um, after after the two end up fusing and slaughtering the Yakuza, uh, they are approached by a government agency that focuses around devil hunting and pretty much says, hey, we're going to let you live on a really fucking tight leash as long as you kill everyone we tell you to. And that's essentially the main plot. And it, it's really fucking interesting. It kind of turns into a... It almost kind of turns into like a... Um, it's like a political corruption type thing towards the end of it, or at least towards the word. I'm at it. It kind of seems like the government knows a lot more than they're letting on, and they kind of want all of this crazy fucking shit to happen. Um, I I do think it's... I, I just want to know what's going on with Japan for, like, the last three years, because everything that comes out of there is just horny. Like, it is just unnecessarily <laughs> horny for no fucking reason, and this show is no exception. It, it's different from, like, Dress Up Darling, because Dress Up Darling is like, oh, like, oh, you know, cute girl titty bounce, thigh thigh physics, like, oh, cool. But it's, like, really kind of cheer, like a cheerful kind of horny. I don't know how to describe that. That's the only thing that comes to my brain. <laughs> but this is, like, an uncomfortable horny. Like, this is like a, oh, shit, I don't really know that I want to see that. Um, it, it, like, it's not anything weird. It's just, like... <sighs> It's just the words that are said and, like, the kind of, like, body language from these characters that make it weird, if that makes sense. Um, Denji, especially because he was poor and alone, uh, <laughs> so fucking stupid. Uh, one of the things that he has always wanted to do in his life is learn what a titty feels like. That is, like, his very first goal in this entire fucking show is to learn what a titty feels like. And this really bad government-looking bitch comes in and says, hey, you kill this demon for me, and I'm going to let you cop a few. And he's like, word, bet. That's all I've ever fucking wanted in this goddamn life. Um, and then it kind of, like, it, it almost, like, every time he goes to kill a devil, they're like, this woman is like, okay, I'm going to up the stakes a little bit. Like, you do this for me, and I'll let you go a little bit further. And then they, like, there was a really weird scene where she, like, shoves her tongue in his mouth, but then she throws up in his mouth because she was drunk, and it just, like, I don't know, man. Like, to go from horny to gross that fucking quick, it really it really took me for a fucking loop. I just don't know how it's possible that the more you talked, the worse, the worse it got. It actually got. <laughs> yeah, how do you think I feel reading it? Uh, I'm actually curious why you're still reading it. That's fun. I actually really enjoy it. Aside from the weird, yeah. horny, gross shit, every, the, like the action and the visuals, the character, not necessarily the character designs, they all kind of look the fucking same, uh, but like like the demon designs themselves are just really fucking cool. Um, uh, there's one character who, his main weapon is kind of like a sword, but every time he uses the sword, it, like, dramatically cuts down his his lifespan. And it, it's not even really a sword. He kind of, like, holds it at an angle, and then a demon that other people can't see pretty much nails it through his opponent. And it, it was, it's cool. It's metal. It's dark. It's gross. It's violent as shit. Um, it's also being animated by the same studio that uh, did the final season of Attack on Titan, and is doing, I think, Jujutsu Kaisen. And then there's one more anime on Netflix about, like, a high school girl gambling that I've never seen. But they also do that one. I've heard it's really good. Um, and I just, I know for a fucking fact that they're going to blow, they're going to blow making this fucking anime out of the water. It's set to come out sometime this year. 
I honestly think it's this month's month, but there's like three or four anime adaptations that I'm pretty stoked for for this year, and I'm kind of getting confused on when what's coming out. So, but it's it's very very good. Sexy. I mean, well, not sexy. That well, sounds yeah. disturbing. But um, <laughs> I can I can absolutely. Without a doubt, understand why Justin said that the interview with Austin is going to be the best one. Ever. <laughs> it's going to be wild. It's going to get gross, and it's going to get between weird. him and you. If what if you just had that same conversation with him, much different outcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Maybe maybe I'll bring this conversation back up with him tomorrow. Yeah, maybe why I'll don't see. you? I will. <laughs> now that you said it, I will. So now Justin's going to have a bad time because of you. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be him. <laughs> oh, boy. He's going to be, he's going to ask you some shit like, so why do you think you like shows where chainsaw blades come out of arms and women throw up in each other, you, you know, young men's mouths? Where do you think that stems from? You're going to have to get real deep. <laughs> oh, boy. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the f- the puke thing threw me off so fucking much that I had to put yeah. the shit down for a little bit. I Imagine was like, oh, I'm to a normal later. person. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, to be fair, I don't think that I would use the term normal for either of you. What? <laughs> no. Josh, a little bit more so. What the fuck does that mean? He's worse than I am. Is he? Yeah. I am such a normal person. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know about that. I totally disagree. <clears throat> you <laughs> both are fucking weirdos. I have nothing wrong with me. Yes, and I am. Mr. Daddy issues. Listen, um, I can't even argue it. <laughs> All right. Gonna, uh, yeah, get, well, fucking whatever. Yeah, let's 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 move away from change. You didn't say anything, so I didn't know if I should laugh or not, and then it just came. God damn it. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh last thing. I watched the Oscars. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. very excited to hear your opinion on this. Uh I'm 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 not probably going to get, I uh, know, uh, not probably. I'm not going to get into the thing that everybody wants to talk about. No. Because frankly, it's none of my fucking business. Uh, I understand both sides and I think that both parties were wrong. There we go. Got it out of the way. Will Smith should have hit a guy and Chris Rock probably shouldn't have told a tasteless joke. Boom. There's my hot take. <clears throat> I laughed. Uh, okay. So I was watching this while we were on vacation. It was our, it was our first night there. So it wasn't like I like ruined the whole vacation so I could watch the Oscars. Um, and I don't know how it was getting piped into the TV because I was seeing things that were apparently not shown on like live TV, like actual TV or whatever. Um, because I actually saw awards given out for some of the categories that were cut quote unquote from bro- like from the broadcast. So stuff like, um, best, uh, 
uh, I don't I don't remember if it was short documentary, but I I'm pretty sure there so there are three short subject uh, awards given out. One for animated, one for documentary, one for live action. And I'm pretty sure two of those were cut. It might have been all three. Anyway, the point is, is that I saw those. I, like, I saw them on the on the TV that I was watching. So I don't know how it was getting piped in, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I kind of think, I, I still kind of think that that's complete bullshit, even though I got to see them. I don't understand how the Academy did not fucking stand up to like listen disney owns abc okay disney owns abc they have enough money that they do not need fucking an additional i don't know 20 minutes worth of ads like they don't fucking need that shit they just do not need that shit they are disney they could have let these fucking six six or eight categories, something like that. Go on. They could have let the, they could have let the categories go on and fucking people accept their awards and everyone get to acknowledge that these were the people. Greg Frazier, whose cinematography is excellent in Dune was one of those people. Cinematography was cut. Or actually maybe, maybe it wasn't cinematography. Maybe it was something else. I don't remember. Uh, oh, no, it, it wasn't cinematography. It was the score. The score for Dune was cut. I don't I don't necessarily agree that it should have won. I kind of think that the Power of the Dogs uh, soundtrack was better, but the point still stands. Hans Zimmer, who has been this luminary, like almost John Williams-esque figure in the land of film scores for the last, what, fucking... 20 or 30 years, right? Gets an award, finally. Wasn't on the broadcast. Like, fuck right off. Fuck off. There were so many things that just rubbed me the wrong fucking way. And so these categories were cut for, you know, times that then advertisers could have, you know, whatever. And the show was still almost four hours long. What did you cut that for? You couldn't have had the extra 20 minutes? Uh, Like, you cut it for fucking shitty jokes from Amy Schumer? Who no one finds funny, by the way. No one thinks that woman is funny because she's not fucking funny. I, I don't know, man. I... Coda won Best Picture. I'm incredibly happy that Coda won because I really enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Um, I would have preferred something else if I'm, if like my own personal taste, I really, really wished licorice pizza would have won. I, I adore that movie. Um, it's my number three favorite movie of the year. Um, only behind two other movies, one of which would have never been nominated because it's a horror film, and the other uh, should have been nominated for several fucking uh, categories. But uh, it was a small little indie flick, so no one fucking saw it. Um, including the people in the Academy, who are these people who are supposed to be bastions of film, which is kind of what I'm getting at. I, I watched 
nine of the 10 best picture nominees. And of those nine that I watched, um, I still have not seen drive my car because, um, well, just it's three hours long and I, I kind of don't have that amount of time to, um, sit for it. But so for best picture, these are, these are the movies that were up for best picture and of the nine that I watched, here's how many had a four star out of five or higher rating for me for Letterboxd. Licorice Pizza? Let me see. I'm scrolling through right now. And that's Sorry. it. Belfast? Coda? And that's it. Oh, King Richard, actually. King Richard was number four. Four of the ten nominees were four stars or higher. Only one of them was four and a half stars, and that was Licorice Pizza. Again, I enjoyed Coda. I really, I really think that that is a lovely little movie. Um, I don't think that it should have won Best Picture. Oh, actually, I forgot Dune. Dune would make five. <clears throat> Sorry. Dune was a four star. Uh, but my, my, my point still stands. Half of these movies were boring as shit to me. Um, it, or, or they were so like poorly executed that they, there's no, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Power of the dog is best picture. And I'm genuinely surprised that it didn't win. There's no way that West Side Story is the best picture material. Best director, sure. Best cinematography, sure. Not best picture. There's no fucking way. Like, and it seems to be that this is like a constant thing where the Academy is nominating these movies that one, no one sees um, with the exception of what Dune and uh, you you could probably argue um, that some of these streaming ones were pretty, you know, whatever, like, uh, like power of the dog was on Netflix. So you could, you could probably argue, you know, that that was, but West side story, nightmare alley and Spider-Man were all released within the same weekend or the same week. I think no one saw nightmare alien West side story. Everyone saw Spider-Man. And that's not to say, that is not to say that little scene movies aren't, like, worthy of of best picture. That's not not what I'm saying. So so don't get it twisted. (coughs) What I am saying, though, is that you've got, like, no one saw West Side Story, but no one also saw Pig. And Pig is a fucking way better movie than West Side Story. It's a way fucking better movie. You have like, I don't know, man. Uh, there, I just, I don't understand how, how some of these people who 
their entire careers are movies. Their entire lives are movies, right? How some of these people saw some of these movies and said, yep, this is one of the 10 best movies of the year. Because, I don't know, man, The Last Duel was pretty fucking excellent. Why was it not nominated? And like, yeah, I, I get that like there are thousands of members of the Academy and like people don't all have the same time to sit down and watch the same movie. So some of these kind of like fall through the cracks. But like the last duel is Ridley fucking Scott, dude. And it's a period piece that's about fucking how men take advantage of women. Like you're telling me that's not fucking best picture worthy. Come on, dude. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Don't Look Up was nominated for Best Picture, and that movie is fucking actual trash. (sighs) I am not done with the Oscars because it is one of those things that as a movie nerd, like, it's... It's it's like the Super Bowl for me. And sometimes when a movie fucking wins best picture and I feel like it's best picture, I am totally vindicated and it feels fucking awesome. It's like my team won the Super Bowl. When fucking Parasite won for best picture of 2019, I like fucking jumped for joy because Parasite was the best picture of 2019. Like there were other movies that were excellent and like were totally worthy of being seen, but the best picture of 2019 was Parasite. Period. End of fucking story. And when those moments happen, I am so fucking astounded and happy. But it doesn't happen enough. And something really needs to change where I don't want fucking Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and (coughs) Regina King on stage doing fucking little bits. I don't want the presenters on stage doing little bits. Do you know what I want? I want motherfuckers up there talking about the craft of movement making fucking Jane Campion won best director. And she came up sta- like <clears throat> she was brought on stage by, um, what the fuck is his name? Kevin Costner. And as Kevin Costner is presenting this award, he's talking about how he felt when he first went and saw, I don't remember exactly what movie it was, but he was talking about his first experience in going to the movies and how it changed his life and how it made him want to be a director. And that kind of shit, that right there is fucking awesome. Love that shit. Jane Campion came up, accepted her award and fucking made fun of him. And I'm like, fuck you, you little Aussie prick, you little son of a bitch. I want more of that and less of the haha, I'm Chris Rock making fucking terrible fucking jokes or haha, I'm Amy Schubert making terrible fucking jokes. I don't want that shit. 
I want you, I, I want this to be like the fucking Dice Awards, where these people come up and they talk about the power of film and they say, this is the fucking best picture. And it's actually the best fucking picture. Not some fucking garbage ass movie about a fucking, like, I don't know. I've ranted. I apologize. The Oscars suck. I'm going to I continue to watch them. <laughs> I was, that's essentially like uh, Justin asked me today in our shit, and he was like, Pokemon sucks. Why you keep playing it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, speaking of playing things, we played some games. Yes, we did. Some, some of them together. Some of them together. That's correct. Uh, Do we, we want to talk about that first? Do we want to talk about Elden Ring for the 18th yeah, week in a row? Dude, I, it's bad. I can't even get away in on my fucking interview. I talked about it mostly the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> um, sucks. I was like, Justin, how much longer do I have to talk about Elden Ring? He's like, well, you're almost at your quota. And I talked about it for another 20 minutes after that. Yeah, I want to talk about Elden Ring some more. It's fucking right. great. Austin, you've been playing it. I have. I'm on the it's- fire giant and have been for three days. <laughs> really getting on my last uh, fucking nerve yo i'm actually almost uh there i can i can come help you beat him Ooh, i would be down for that yeah this shit is obnoxious well what did you think about uh jodfrey the jolden and uh mark margot morgot <laughs> dude i think morgot is one of the coolest bosses that i have ever seen in a video game in a long time i That's- really fucking like morgot I really like when you say things like that. It shows <laughs> that you're really enjoying this game. I am, dude. It, like, Morgoth was one of the first bosses. Not, I mean, not Nelden Ring, because honestly, every boss has kind of made me feel this way in some way. But, like, you know, if I die repeated times to a boss, usually I'm getting frustrated. Usually I'm like, bro, why did I waste my money on this bullshit-ass fucking game? <laughs> Fuck this stupid piece of shit. <laughs> but, like, every time... Morgot kept killing me. I felt like every single time I died, I saw something new, and I was like, "This is so fucking cool!" Like I, like I'm just so fucking into this. Like I, I had to keep going. Like it, I think I finally beat him at like four in the morning, and I started fighting him at like I don't know, like twelve maybe, like midnight. Yeah. So a four-hour school session about how to beat Morgoth, really. It probably wasn't actually that long, but that's around what it felt like. Um, But it was just like I I couldn't stop. Like I couldn't get – I wasn't letting myself get discouraged because it was like every single time I fought him, I felt like I was learning – like I felt like I was learning something new. I felt like I I was learning – a, a new time when to dodge or a new time when to fucking just get my distance. Even though with Morgoth, it kind of never really feels like you have your fucking distance because his reach is so goddamn unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker felt like fucking Elden, Elden Ring Sephiroth. It was awful. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. But uh, uh. It, it, it was a super fucking cool fight. Uh, the bleed thing in a second phase was fucking obnoxious. At least that's what I think it is. I don't know all the terms yeah. for this game. Um, that shit got obnoxious, but uh, super fucking fun. And now I just I despise the fire giant. I hate it. <laughs> I fucking yeah. have you have you made it to second phase on him? No, 
No, not one time. <laughs> that dude, he just... I, I think maybe it's just because I probably didn't balance my stats out right because I, I went for a magic build and I kind of went with what I could figure out on my own. I did a little bit of research, but not like a super, super lot. Um, like every, pretty much, I don't want to say that, almost everything I've done in this game after the first hour was as blind as possible just because I, I wanted the full experience. I didn't want to look up tips on these bosses. I wanted the full fucking experience. Um, but, it, like, the fire giant kills me in three hits. Like, three solid hits and I'm dead. Especially when he does the fucking, like, when he brings the shield down, like, over his head. Yeah, that shit. Yeah. Two hits tops and I'm fucking dead. Um, so, did you know you could respec? Yes, I just haven't gone out of my way to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, th I thought about it because I, I got that cool katana and I was like the blood katana and I was like, oh, this oh, is yeah. neat. That's what I use, dude. I fucking melt through bosses. I killed legit. I killed Morgoth today in probably five seconds. <sighs> yeah, I might. Honestly, I might respec and like look into what I should try next because like the magic thing was cool, but it, it's kind of losing its luster. Like, I'm kind of it'll not come having in, so much fun using it now. It'll come in handy on Elden, the last two bosses of the... Oh, okay. Yeah. It just kind of makes uh, me feel it, like no. I've been playing like a bitch the whole time. No. <laughs> well, you know, it all has its uses. Mm -hmm. But And I'm glad you're fucking enjoying it. Josh, you respect today. I did. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, have gone from a uh, dainty little... Uh, magic user to a fucking shit brick house. Um, <laughs> that means night if you're, if you're not familiar. Yeah, I, I moved all of my uh, intelligence basically over to strength. So I am at, uh, I think, 60 strength. Um, I'm at 60 dex. I'm at like 60 vigor, so health or whatever. So I'm, I, I think my HP is at like 1900 or some shit like that. Um, yeah, so I, I'm basically a tanky ass knight, uh, and I've been rocking this shield called the fingerprint shield that, um, basically absorbs a whole bunch of fucking damage and there's no splash damage that you take at all. Um, pairing that with a, uh, katana for bleed. Uh, I think it's an Uchi katana, um, is what I'm using. And, uh, yeah. And occasionally I, um, am switching over to dual katanas to, uh, you know, double the bleed damage whenever I, I deem necessary. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have, uh, a frost ash of war on my Uchi katana. Uh, so it has frost buildup and bleed. And then the other one, uh, I forget what it is, but it has bleed as well. So I'll just sit there and like melt motherfuckers. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of absurd. Is that what you did on uh, Radon? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I did. I summoned everybody that I could summon before he um, shot his little arrows that kind of like fall down in like a line. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah, I summoned as many people as I could, and then once that happened, I just beelined right, right <laughs> and fucking took his ass out. That's uh, awesome, dude. I'm dude. This it's just we can we've talked about this game for a fucking month now, and we're still not 
still not remotely close to being done with it because I'm still going to, thanks to fucking Discord kind of betraying me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I uh, even fucking Madison was a part of that. Uh, Austin, she voted Elden Ring. Oh shit! Yeah, on the day I asked for help, like, hey, what what should I play today, guys? I saw Elden Ring one. Stardew just barely lost. It was like shit, <laughs> and now that's all I played for two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm uh, I'm in New Game Plus, and I'm dude, I'm flying through. Uh, I love I watching kind of, play it. I dude, I I love fucking streaming it. It's a lot of fun. I like having uh, just some of the crazy moments that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I part of me wanted to do everything in this playthrough, and while I still might, like it's super fun just the boss boss rush. Because I yesterday I hadn't even done fucking uh, R- Renala, um, and today I have beaten what I don't know if I I think I did Radon yesterday, but I'm all the way past uh, Morgot now, um, and I'm fixing to go into I guess Fire Giant, yeah. Um, it, dude, it's just I I have so much fun with it. Um, I've chosen to go naked. <laughs> Um, I'm no longer wearing armor. I'm just, you know, rocking my swords. And then I got no armor. So I'm really agile, which is great. Um, And every time I start playing like this, it's hard for me to go back to wearing armor just because I get really accustomed to how quickly I can move. I get absolutely wrecked if I get (laughs) even remotely poked. Like they can dude. there was one time where I was facing one of the black gargoyles up in Caled and I was hiding inside of a door. This was actually before I was naked, I think. Um, probably. And this dude was literally just fucking screaming at me and doing massive amounts of damage. The gargoyle was, and it's like, if I was naked, that would have obliterated me. Mm. Um, but man, it's it's just so much fun. I, I keep having a great time with it. Um, like the talisman setup I have going right now because I, I am naked. It makes it to where the lighter the equip load that I have, the more damage that I do. So I'm wearing nothing. So I'm doing peak damage. Then I have something that increases my dex, uh, dexterity for a talisman too. I'm rocking with like, like stat wise, I might have put 53 points in the decks but by all the if i have the great rune activated and i have my talisman on i'm like plus 60 something on the uh on the decks and it just wrecks because i'm using dual katanas as well one of which is rivers of blood and it will just melt enemies i'm not kidding when i say i killed morgoth today in like three to five seconds it was crazy um but yeah i i can't get enough of it it's such a good game I agree. Uh, and we've been playing together. Yeah, yeah. We, dude, uh, we fucking <laughs> fucking <laughs> melted Ranala. Dude, I it was I it wasn't even fair, really. It wasn't. And then we did the same shit to Godric too, kind of like Godric got pooped on. Yeah, yeah. For a hot second in the Godric fight, because I had no idea what I was fucking doing for like the first thirty seconds of that fight. I don't know why, but he he just all wrecked my shit, and I almost died. <laughs> there was one point where I was like, "Oh shit, not Josh!" Like he he took one attack, took out three quarters of your health bar. You got super low. I was like, "Not like this!" <laughs> like we would barely started the fight. What else did we do? We did uh, we did. Was it only Renala? What else did we do? I think it was just those two. Yeah, just those two. 
Oh, man, it was still a lot of fun, though. Like, once we hit the end game, now I don't know what's going to have to happen end game because Radigan and the Beast are bleed resistant. So I picked up a God Slayer sword today. I might, I might consider putting some points into that. I don't know, but oh, it's, so, it's so fun. It is. We need, to go, we need to go liberate Austin from the fire giant. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, yep. that was delicious. That was delicious. So uh, before I went on vacation, I was playing Horizon Forbidden West. Um, my thoughts on this haven't changed really all that much. Um, this game is stupendous looking. Like, uh, there are a few visual hiccups that uh, really irk me in some ways. Like, and, and it's stupid little small stuff that probably shouldn't bother me, but it does. Like, it seems like Aloy's hair is always moving. Like, always. It's just dudes always jiggling around her armor. The same <clears throat> shit happens in The Witcher when you have... I don't even know if you have to have performance mode on. His shit's always flapping around like there's always gusts of wind that just never stop. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's literally what's it. happening. And it's, I don't know. It annoys me and I know that it shouldn't, but it does. Um, and there are some things like pop in that happen from time to time, which I think is kind of unavoidable, but it, it is like, it's sudden and kind of extreme. Uh, when it happens, um, I, from what I understand, there was an update that kind of patched some of that stuff out. Uh, but yeah, it, when I was playing it, it was happening on a, on a fairly consistent basis. And I was like, Oh, okay. The gameplay when you're in combat is fun as fuck. Like, the combat in this game is seriously... It's some of the best combat in any game, period. Like, it's really what sh shined a lot in uh, Zero Dawn and made that game feel way more special than it kind of had any right being. Um, and it's doing the same fucking thing here. The combat in this is just so, 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 so much fun. Uh, the rest of the gameplay is not as much fun. Um, a lot of the platforming stuff, it really, I, I don't know if, if it's just something that like, I'm kind of over at this point, but like when you're climbing up the rocks and shit like that, like you're not really doing anything. It's just, you're holding up on a button and having to press like X to occasionally jump to a different handhold or something. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know that's a dumb complaint, but like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Like if I'm going to platform, I'm going to play a fucking platform. I'm going to play fucking hollow Knight, you know, where my jumps actually matter and my timing and, you know, stuff like that matter. Uh, I don't want to fucking play Assassin's Creed where I just push up the entire time. Um, the story in this uh, starts out immediately like kind of like engaging and saying like this is immediately picking up from where 
uh, Zero Dawn left off, except it's like two months later or something like that. Um, and I hate to say it, but I think it's kind of boring. Like it picks up and it's immediately thrusting you into action, but it honestly, it kind of feels derivative of the first game in some ways. Like you start out, you're in like this sort of like civilization and then, uh, you, you kind of like move on or whatever. Um, and then you get to this point where there's supposed to be like this meeting happening. And in the first game, it's like the kind of like ending of the championship, uh, or like the proving, um, I think is what it was called, uh, where you are, um, what's the word ambushed by, uh, some people. The same thing kind of happens here. You're not putting some sort of like championship, like feat of strength or you know, whatever that the proving was, <clears throat> but you get to this area, there's like a meeting that's supposed to happen and then bam, you're ambushed. And then the story begins, you know, and I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I just, the story to horizon zero dawn wasn't particularly amazing. Like it was good. And I liked a lot of the sci-fi stuff that went down and uh, I kind of like some of the, the deeper themes that it tries to explore. Uh, but, um, as a whole, it's not really the greatest story. You know, it's good. It's serviceable, does the job. And I, I think that this is probably going to be kind of the same, but I'm finding it. I I don't want to say boring, but like it is, I mean, it's kind of fucking boring. Um, the gameplay really is saving it for me. Uh, I, I'm not hating on this game at all, um, but like where I'm having the most fun is when I'm roaming around and fucking trying to kill the robot. Like that's that's when I'm having the most fun. When I am in a mission where I'm having to listen to people talk, like I, this is going to sound really bad, but like. I'm kind of skipping through people talking. Um, I'm just like, I want to get to the next thing. I don't care what you have to say. I don't really care what your story is. You're not engaging me in any sort of real way. I just want to get to the next fucking robot dinosaur fight or the next uh, hive, I think is the thing that they're called. Like they're little, uh, <clears throat> little like, they, they had them in the first game too. Um, where you go into where like the machines are created type thing. Um, uh, fuck in cauldrons. Is that cauldrons. Is? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm re- I'm ready to get to the next that I'm ready to get to the next fucking, uh, like I said, dinosaur fight, you know, or, or the next boss fight, you know, uh, the story is just not doing it for me. Unfortunately. Um, I think that this game is, very good when it is good like even like maybe like excellent to masterpiece level of good when it is good but there are a bunch of parts in the middle that kind of bog down the whole thing for me so do you feel like any of that's affected by the fact that you just can Continue to even spend so much time in Elden Ring, and it's a completely different type of game. 
and now it's like you're bored by <laughs> Elden Ring has a story that you have to search for, but now you're bored by the one that's being given to you on screen. You see what I'm saying? It's like yeah, yeah. You feel like that has anything to do with it? <clears throat> I mean, maybe. Uh, I I could 100% believe that that it m- might be what's causing this. Um, and maybe my opinions would be flipped. Like if I played, uh, forbidden West to completion before I played Elden ring. Right. Um, And it's, it's funny, you know, you bring up Elden ring, like I, the dark souls games, their stories. Oh, well, most of the FromSoft games up till Elden ring, their stories are pretty obtuse and pretty like you have to read, a lot and like you said you have to go search for it like it's not like given to you and I feel like I, I actually kind of feel like Elden Ring is the most accessible in terms of gameplay but also in terms of the story because the story is there and when you talk to NPCs and stuff they tell you stuff you have you of course uh, you do have to go search for it you know like if you don't talk to um uh, what uh, Gideon, Gideon Ofnir, um, in the round table, like you can miss some of the stuff that goes towards, you know, the bosses that like kind of flesh out their lore, or uh, I the Pope Turtle or Pope Tortoise, yeah, uh, he gives you like a whole rundown of like the marriage between Rikard and Renala, and like if I never met the Pope Pope Turtle, I would you know never know that sort of thing so like you do have to search for it but like there's enough that you can get from just listening to like what some of the bosses say to like kind of get the thread and you know you could make up your own head canon if you wanted to and then just don't tell anybody because there are people who are really fucking precious about their from soft lore (laughs) um yeah those people those people but um but yeah no I don't I don't know that that is what's causing it but I think that it it definitely could be and it doesn't yeah. help at all. Right, especially cuz you're still playing Elden Ring <laughs> every yeah. day. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm going to finish this one as part of my challenge. Um and and I really I like I know I feel like I'm being like really down on the game but like I do like it. I do yeah. really enjoy it. Uh, it's just that it it's unfortunate for this game that it came out a week before Elden Ring and that during that week, I could not play it because I think that my opinion of it would definitely have been higher if I had put significantly, like a significant amount of time in it before I started Elden Ring. Right. Maybe it'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. On you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, you played the me. last of us part two. I did part two. Um, just brief thoughts on it because I'm still fairly early in the game. Also, just cause we were talking about horizon shout out to Sabrina since the last podcast, she just got a platinum out of horizon zero dawn and, and, and she already had one in forbidden West. So that chick just rocked out some hell of time in these two games and she never does that. So awesome. Um, what game was I talking about? Oh, Last of Us. See, it's not... This is my issue, is that I feel a lot like what you were just talking about. Um, 
Last, last of Us Part Two has been really great so far. I love everything that I've seen. Um, Gameplay-wise, story-wise, introduction of new characters. Like, I love everything so far. Um, but I think a huge part of my problem with going back to it is like I am so enamored with Elden Ring. It's hard for me. Like I can, I can play Stardew in my downtime because that's kind of like my almost sleepy time game. I can dump an hour into it and then it's like, okay, bedtime. Um, but Elden Ring, it's like, I'm engaged in it. I want to keep going. I want to push myself. Um, so while I'm playing the last of us part two, I kind of feel distracted. Um, not that it's boring because it's not at all. I am invested in the story that I've seen so far. It's I knew about the spoiler in the first half of the game. I knew it happened. I just didn't know how or when. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit. It was fucking brutal. Yep. And of course, like immediately I'm I I hate them. You know, like it's I I understand because I had a couple of things spoiled for me th- from the game early on like i understand why she did it overall but it's still like in the moment i haven't seen that flesh out yet so i still have this just like incredible i guess anger that it had to happen um but beyond that i'm enjoying seeing ellie's side of things like her start to piece some things together i'm not very far in i'm on the end of seattle day one I just got to the theater. Uh, Dina just broke some news. <laughs> um, and I'm about to start kind of exploring the theater a little bit, I think. And then I, I have a little bit left in this chapter, and then it switches uh, switches on. But uh, I'm going to keep playing. I think after I get this Elden Ring stint out, I'm just going to dive back into it. Uh, I really enjoy it. I love the mechanics. It feels it feels good. It looks phenomenal. The yeah. world is beautiful, dude. Um, I think it's still one of the best looking games like agreed. I've ever played. Truly. And I, I've seen Forbidden West and it looks absolutely remarkable as well. Um, but just what The Last of Us Part Two does in terms of the world that it that you're inhabiting and you're making your way through, it is so beautiful and they do it really well because it's not supposed to be beautiful you're in the fucking apocalyptic wastelands right but somehow it's just the world is thriving and even though it has these little you know infestations of these you know terrible creatures and stuff like that the world is just amazing um yeah i'm excited to keep going but i need to get past elden ring here for a little bit uh I wanted to have it finished by the end of this vacation. Tomorrow's my last day. It's not going to happen. I just, some, some shit came up and I started streaming Elden Ring. I streamed four hours both days. <laughs> what the fuck happened? <clears throat> um, but yeah, man, I, I, I enjoy it, dude. It's just got to finish it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how many times I can fucking say that. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Well, I, this is what I, I mean. I need like a you, document. Uh, huh? I need something. I need like I had my like a guideline written for Justin's interview because if if I didn't, it would have sounded like what just happened with that. <laughs> oh yeah. man! But 
Well, uh, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I've really come around on the game. Uh, I I really like it. I I don't know that it is as groundbreaking and amazing as like everybody and their mother seemed to think that it was. Right. Um, but I've not seen anything that leads me there yet. Yeah. But it, but it is it is very good and it's it's one of the uh one of the best games on PS4 for sure like probably top I 15 or 20 PS4. Um question, does it go Ellie Abby Ellie Abby or is it like all Ellie and then all Abby? Uh kind uh, it, uh it's like Ellie then you then you play as Abby, then the rest of the game is as Ellie. Okay. Cuz I played as Abby like in the snow. Right? Yeah, yeah, for like one little like uh, yeah, quote and then mission. Uh, right. And then I feel like I've been Ellie ever since. I and I just play as Ellie now. Uh for right now. Uh and then there's a there's a point I think at the end of day 3 uh where you take over as Abby and play for three days in Seattle and then it goes oh, back to Ellie. Gotcha. Okay. 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 All right. Well, I'm interested to see her side of it. It's like, I know I need to give her a chance. Like she has her own reasons and stuff. So I'm, I'm curious to see a flesh out. Yeah. All right. Tell me about the game. We're all going to be playing soon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I hope <laughs> question mark. I don't want to, uh, well, I hope that, uh, we do have to play this because, <laughs> um, one, well, it, it wouldn't matter to me cause it's already on my list anyway, but, um, I will be miserable. No, you won't. I, because, well, okay. Let me, let me go ahead and, and knock out this first thing first. Uh, Okay. My one knock against this game thus far is that it is very, very story heavy. And there are sequences in the first, I've, I've probably put about six hours into the game, maybe a little bit more. Um, but within those first six hours, I have probably seen about two hours of cutscenes. God damn. Or n- not necessarily like cutscenes, but like uh, story progression stuff. And that sucks because I would really like to play the tactics <laughs> part of the game. Like the tactics part is super fucking fun. Uh, it is very, uh, it's inspired by Final Fantasy tactics. Um, it's not as good as Final Fantasy tactics, unfortunately. Uh, this is triangle strategy. If we've not said it. Oh yeah. 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 This is triangle strategy. I've been playing triangle strategy. Um, yeah, but, but like in between those battles are these story bits that just, I don't know why they carry on for as long as they do. It seems like they carry on kind of forever. Um, which is really unfortunate because it break it kind of slows at least for for how it has gone in the this first like 
you know, six-ish hours that I have um, played is kind of slowed down the pacing. Um, with that said, the story is intriguing as fuck. It is a lot to take in immediately um, because they kind of throw you into the world and are like, okay, here's what this nation is. Here's the rulers of this nation. Here's what happened over here. And this is this nation and this is their rulers. Oh, and this is their nation and their rulers and they're in charge of this. And also like 30 years ago, there was a war that happened between all three nations. And like, it's just like, oh, a fucking gigantic information dump right at the beginning of the game. But once you like get out of that, there's like a lot of really cool, like political intrigue type, like Game of Thrones level shit in here. And it's, I'm sure that, uh, like one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to continue down this path and there's going to be a bunch of backstabbing and a bunch of deaths and, you know, whatever. And it's going to be really easy to ca- compare it to Game of Thrones and every, everybody's going to be like, oh, this is like the Game of Thrones strategy game or whatever. And, like, I don't know that that'll be fair to this game and what it's doing. Or it's going to take a completely d- left turn and just not be what it is right now and if it does that it's gonna fucking suck because i really like what's going on right now there is i mean it is a bunch of like political like machinations going back and forth they're talking about like this one house has won like uh, like they're known for like their strength in battle and this one's known for like you know other things and like there's like a tournament at the very beginning where you're supposed to show like your strength in battle and like, because you're the new leader of this house and do like, there's, uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on. <clears throat> I really enjoy it. The gameplay is really fun. I really like this a lot. It reminds me of like, if you took the kind of like isometric tactics stuff, uh, and kind of like the, there are some other mechanics uh, that kind of got ripped from Final Fantasy Tactics and then put it into a relatively easy to understand like Fire Emblem types uh, system. Um, very easy to pick up and play is a little bit more nuanced than it probably lets on. Um, I am enjoying it a lot. It is so fun to play. Um when you can play it. The graphics on this are gorgeous. The little sprites that they've worked up are just really, really beautiful to look at. Uh, the environments are, are gorgeous. Um, I mean, like it's really a visual treat. Um, the music is pretty okay. Uh, it's pretty standard fantasy stuff. Um, I haven't heard any tracks that are like really like fucking exceptional, uh, which sucks because it was uh, co-developed by Square uh, and Square puts out some of the best fucking video game soundtracks like there are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I am really, really enjoying my time with this. And I think that uh, 
I'm I'm not sure on the sales, but like I haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about this, and I kind of feel like people slept on it, and that's unfortunate because game's kind of fucking rad. Um, I don't think it's as good as Bravely Default, um, like any of the games in that series. I don't know that it's as good as um, Octopath Traveler, but it's good. I really like it. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. God damn it. I just, that's a, that's a 30 to 45 hour game. I don't know if I can. This is one that's on my list. I'm, I, I want to play it eventually. Does it, so aside from the combat, like even story wise, does this kind of give you Fire Emblem Three Houses vibes? Um, I wouldn't say That's what it felt like to me when you described it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say three houses. Uh, I would probably liken it more to Awakening. Because, oh, okay. I've never played that one. Okay. Uh, three houses had a lot more. It was a lot more involved. There were like sim elements, you know, that they kind of ripped from fucking Persona. <laughs> um, literally ripped straight from Persona. Yeah. And, and there, there was a little bit more to do in mm. three houses than okay. older fire fire emblem games this one for sure is very much in the vein of awakening where like you have cutscenes play out that are story related and then you go to your next battle mm. and it's, it's just kind of that um there are some in-between things where you can kind of like explore a little bit around like uh like there are these things called encampments where you can um if i remember correctly because I'm going to be honest with you. I've only used an encampment once because I kind of forgot that it was there, um, which might actually be bad game design on their part. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I've used it once, and it's where you can, like, buy and upgrade your weapons, and you can buy items. And um, uh, then there are other little areas. Like, the very first thing that you do in the game after, like, the opening quote-unquote cutscene is you start in this little area in your hometown and you kind of like explore around and like talk to some of the villagers that are in your, your, you know, city or whatever. Um, and you can find, um, like little health items and, uh, pockets of money, you know, to spend in those little exploration sections. Um, but it's for the most part story battle story battle that sort of thing okay i honestly that kind of makes me a little bit more excited to play it because i i love three houses but like especially in the first half of the story i almost feel like there's too much to do if that makes sense like i feel like you have to worry about too much all at the same time Mm. and so that's kind of that's a little relieving now i kind of want to play it more yeah man i'm i'm enjoying it It's like, this is just not a game for me, like in terms of genre, like this is just not something I'm interested in. I enjoy the art style for it, but it's like, this was not on my radar to play this year. That being said, if this does happen to win, I'm going to accept it because I mean, what better thing? It's like, tick, tick, boom. Never wouldn't wanted to watch a musical, but it turned out to like it. I mean... I don't want to play this, but if it wins the challenge, I'll absolutely do it just to see. I mean, maybe I'm swayed. It's just, I don't know. I've never been drawn to this kind of stuff, um, but we'll see, man. I'm glad it's at least good. 
like I'd hate to play a you know a bad game in a genre I don't really care about you know so at least it's good and has a good story and it looks great yeah yeah I think that you would probably love the story I don't know how you'd feel about the gameplay to be honest with you that I I feel like you're much more of an action oriented person yeah um, I am and I much prefer turn based. Which is, it's really funny that I say that and how I'm like, yeah, you like action and you're aggressive and blah, 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 blah. But like, what? Well, wh- you didn't say anything about me being aggressive. Well, in your, in maybe, maybe you're not, I don't know. But what, I, what I'm trying to get at is like, you're very patient with the Souls games and I'm the exact opposite. I am very, I like, I want to be aggressive at all times. And that is not the way that you play almost all of these games <laughs> right so like i'll go into a battle get fucked up 30 times in like 15 minutes and you'll go in and spend like one 30 minute battle and i'm like <laughs> um, <laughs> what yeah no i get it did i leave no what okay i was making sure i didn't leave the fucking we cast or whatever okay now you're um no i i mean i fuck i don't know We'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> I, I really wanted to play Tunic. I'm not going to lie. I actually downloaded it today, not even knowing it was on our challenge. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Right now, as it stands, I'm t- about to take a look at the results. We have a 50 50 tie between Herid- uh, Forbidden West and Dying Light 2. <laughs> this bums me out, man. Sifu is up 83% to 17% of Chrono Cross. I just, oh, I just really yeah. want to play Chrono Cross. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather play Chrono Cross. But we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, Windjammers 2 is currently losing 33 to 67% to Triangle Strategy. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland is up 75 to 25 over Goodbye Volcano High. God damn. Ghostwire is beating Somerville 83 to 17. The Quarry is currently 55 to 45 over Trek to Yomi. That is not something uh, I was expecting, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that shit either. I, want, I would rather play Trek to Yomi. I'm excited about both of these games for very different reasons. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lego Star Wars. Wow, that turned around. Lego Star Wars was losing bad to Nobody Saves the World, but it's now up 69 to 31. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, shit, that changed too. Kirby's up 58 to 42 over two. Oh, Kirby's so fucking basic, dude. <laughs> God, look, this isn't even, I, that's not even joke about the past podcast, I God, it's still, just like still. this. That's the last. I mean, a little, but that's the last game that I want to play from Nintendo. I would rather play Triangle Strategy than fucking Kirby. That's a lie. Is it? <laughs> no, I don't want to play either, dude. I want to play Tunic Man or Tiny Tina's Horizon or Dying Light or fucking Lego Star Wars. I swear to God, if it's Triangle Strategy. Oh, see, now we have to make it triangle strategy. Dude, 
You fucking stay off your burner accounts, bitch. <laughs> I have only voted once, and it was on my Bebop Same. fan account. I voted Me with, too. Uh, I also no. only voted once. You know, you say things, yeah, don't believe Yeah, you're a you. liar, Austin. <laughs> I can hear the lie in your voice. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, dude. I'm sick of Oh, don't guys. make shit win. Keep your wife out of this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she counts as a vote, bro. Oh, my God. Women can't vote. <laughs> I mean, they can. It's just oh, actually sorry. incorrect. It would be more appropriate to say shouldn't, but whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not right. funny. Well, let's get to so our picks of the week before we say any other things that are stupid. <laughs> uh, it's all jokes. My pick of the week this week is frame.wtf. This is very similar to uh, my recommendation from last week. It is um, uh, a Wordle knockoff, but this is with um, movie stills. So you get up to six guesses. They give you a movie still. uh, it's once a day, I think. They give you six movie stills, and you try to guess the movie. And really fucking cool, and I like it a lot. So go check that out. Cool. <clears throat> my pick awesome. of the week is... Oh, I thought... Okay. Um, <clears throat> my pick of the week is an album called Deathless by a band called Fit for a King. Uh, they're just a really... They're really good, but also re- really kind of generic metalcore band. Um I got to see them after this album come out, play this album in its entirety, and it was fucking awesome. It was such a rad time. I think their vocalist is kind of fucking scummy. Uh, back when the PS5s first came out, he uh, he basically held like a raffle for a chance to buy a PS5 from him, but the way you won it was he would stream, and like that one stream, whoever donated the most money would be given the opportunity to buy it from him for like $750. That was really fucking scummy, in my opinion, but their music is still fucking rad. I know this is going to be completely out of nowhere as a question, but Austin, of all people, how is it that you never got into Genshin Impact? Oh, I just don't like it. I don't know. Really? Yeah, it's it's just a waifu breath of the wild, and I don't really care for it. Yeah, that's why I thought you would love it. I know. I don't know. It just something. It. I just. I, I. I played it for like probably two hours, and I was just like. I was just incredibly bored the whole fucking time. I mean, same. Truly, I. I gave it a shot. Just incredibly bored. Okay. I was anyway, like, if I want to play this, I play Breath of the Wild. I just saw it on an advertisement on Twitch, so I was like, this seems like Austin's thing. I don't know. Anyway, that's so that's where that thought came from. Okay. Uh, my pick of the week is fucking Elden Ring base. Who would have guessed? Um, Not me. Dino Gale, a guy we talk about quite a lot, has recently got his Elden Ring any percent no hit run, and the last fucking 20 minutes were a fucking wild ride. Um, he did incredible. He stayed calm and collected and with some truly unfortunate and at the same time, very fortunate luck at the end, he was uh, 
able to finally get it. So check it out on YouTube. Just Dino Singale, Elden Ring, any percent, no hit run. That's Watch so it master at work. Did you see that uh, somebody completed a no hit run today in under three hours? Oh uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I did see that. It was a um, it was a speedrunner, right? Mm-hmm. His name was like like Seki or something like that. Yeah. Wild. Where did Seki. I see that? Don't know how that shit's possible. Fucking crazy. These these motherfuckers are nuts. <clears throat> yeah. That's just <sighs> fucking insane. Huh? Yeah. Is that the end? Yeah, I guess so. It's time to get out of here. So, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Hunting Pixels, and Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Pop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Pop, and on YouTube at Culture Pop. I am available on Twitter at the TheBebopMan182. On Instagram at bebopman182 and on Twitch at the underscore bebopman. Uh, I'm gonna start streaming again soon. Um, just uh, heads up, I have the schedule in place, but uh, things just kind of got in the way and made streaming uh, not really an option for me, um, which is kind of why I quit. But I am coming back because I am getting things taken care of. So, uh, Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzy TV on Instagram at OMDizzy on Twitch at OMDizzy and on YouTube at OMDizzy. Finally, we have the Papa himself, Austin. He's available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at big Papa plays. And finally, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash Culture Pop. Go ahead, do that. Toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks. And once we start hitting our goals, even more content will be on its way. Uh, I actually just wrote a pretty long or pretty lengthy uh, post to the patrons talking about you know, <coughs> what our plan is. Uh, kind of for the rest of the year and some things that I'm doing to sort of like revamp uh, how they are uh, treated. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so go do that. Uh, and we didn't get to do it at the end of last month because I was away. So I'm going to go ahead and shout out our patrons for making this podcast possible right now. And our patrons are Justin Under Pressure Ruiz. Shareem Thunderstruck Khan, Tani Kickstart My Heart Sol- <laughs> Solman, Jeffrey Don't Stop Believing Scissor Toe, Blake Living on a Prayer Graham, Lisa Hotel California Long, Sean Come Together O'Keefe Jr., Bryn Go Your Own Way Woodham, Dylan Rocketman Martin, and Austin Have You Ever Seen the Rain Stevens? We got a new patron, and it's Austin Stevens. He's given back to what the community, y'all. It's about time. About time. <laughs> now I'm going to pull it. I just wanted it to be said once. One of that recognition. But, uh, yeah, that's it. You just, just be grateful that I went with the fucking classic rock names this time, because I shit you not, after listening to Austin's Chainsaw Man thing, I came down here to start working on the nicknames. Justin's nickname 
was Justin Chainsaw Titties Ruiz. <laughs> <laughs> not even kidding. It started getting worse and worse as I went down. And I was like, we're not doing that. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Boy. I think uh, Tawny was 50 cal knob. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! All right. Well, um, yeah, that, that's it. You guys have anything else to say? I think that's it. No, just the knob. Just, just the, just the what? Did you just say? Just me? the knob. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's the end of our show. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>